This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. Have you considered how many different types of energies your home is holding? Have you thought about how design impacts your inner world and vice versa? In this episode, I speak with my dear friend, Michelle Spolstra, about her work as a healing interior designer. So many of us are facing life transitions and spending more time at home. Her work could not be more timely and relevant. We discuss topics such as designing space around your soul and not just following trends, ways to simplify your environment for beauty, identifying and honoring the particular energies of your home, the importance of creating ceremonial processes after major life transitions, working with the home environment as a nurturer that heals. Join us as we explore the world of mindful healing design with Michelle. We are here to discuss um, the sacred feminine and what happens when we dare to align with her Mm. and begin to fully listen and move from that place. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. Mm, Me too, you. (laughs) I'd really just like to start with any sort of images or thoughts or feelings that are present for you right now in terms of the sacred feminine. Mm. Any any sorts of guidance in any form that you might be feeling. So just before we got on the call, I have the Megan Watterson Divine Feminine deck. And so I was like, I'm just going to pull a card and see what arises. And it was the cosmic egg. So the divine feminine. Can I see her? Absolutely. Mm. And what does that represent? So the divine feminine, I hold the universe within me. I'm the force of an ever expanding love. And as you and I were just talking about, I think I'm in a season of birthing a new way of working. So and it's also been a birthing of like what's most resonant for my soul. And I feel like it's much more feminine and I've been in the masculine for much of my life. So mm. yeah, it's really good to move into a new way. Beautiful. And I love that the cosmic egg is what we're starting. Right? <laughs> we're going deep. <laughs> it's feeling a little bit more like spring, at least in California. We can mm-hmm. definitely feel the the start mm-hmm. of that here and align with the earth and at what's happening with you where you exactly. are. So we've had all sorts of wacky weather, but we just have the daffodils poking up and yeah, I do meditation outside every day. And so there's little bits of green that feel very resonant with moving into a different season. So yeah, same. Even in Ohio. Spring is the best. It really is. Um, <laughs> I didn't appreciate it before. <laughs> when you lived out here, mm-hmm. it's yeah, really it different. Good where you are. Mm-hmm. It's more bold. Yeah. The contrast, isn't it nice? It's amazing. 
I mean, it like fills my soul, seriously. <laughs> and why don't we tell everybody where you are so they can orient? Sure. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I moved here from Northern California, the Bay Area, two and a half years ago. Great. And what's the land like there? Oh my goodness. I love the land. It is kind of rolling hills. We're right outside the city on one of the bigger hills and there are huge trees and green and deer in my backyard and birds all the time. And I feel very connected to the land here. Beautiful. So that's part of being a sacred feminine woman, right? Is being in deep connection with the earth and letting her weave and inform So I love that we're starting here. I'd love to talk about your body of work that you've already accomplished Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. where you are now, like sort of a before and a, I guess, an in birthing process, just snapshot for people to anchor them into your journey. Yeah. So I've been a clinical psychologist and therapist before that for the last 20 years. And I worked with people in the tech sector in Silicon Valley, in um, university counseling centers, school settings, and then most recently in private practice. And I think what I love about that work is getting to walk through life with people and walk through difficult seasons and help them listen to their soul and kind of walk a path of transformation. So that's been the work I've been in, and I am now just recently birthing this new business that's been in the works. I thought it'd been in the works for five years, but I posted about it recently, and a friend said, no, you talked about this 10 years ago. You've been talking about this concept for a decade. And so the concept is integrating psychology, spirituality, design, decor, the curation of beauty and the healing effect of being in community. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) What's the name of the new business? So Michelle Spolstra Intentional Design and Retreats. Beautiful. Okay. So can you talk about your first, I hear you saying someone else remembers you bringing it forward, but what is your memory of the remembering or the awakening to this work? Mm. How How did it come through you? And how have you moved with it? So when I was very young, I always loved decor and design. So I was the kid who was moving furniture around in her room at 2 a.m. if I couldn't sleep. Um, (laughs) I loved creating beauty. I loved sourcing items for outfits, all the things, loved getting gifts for people. Because again, it was about curating beauty. And so I think that's that really is a through thread in my life is the enjoyment of how beauty affects us in our home, in our office around when we gather people being intentional about how things are set. But I was also the friend that people talked to about everything they were going through in high school and college. And I found my way into psychology and went down that path, which was lovely and amazing and has informed the work I want to do now. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. So many ways that we could move with this conversation. (laughs) Let's talk about beauty because I think it's something that you and I both really love. Yes. (laughs) And why it matters. Right. So when you say beauty is this through line, mm, it's something mm-hmm. that feels really important. How, how do you see beauty as a healing medicine? Mm, so many ways. Yeah, we could go any of our ways. I think the act of creation is creating beauty, right? I think when we tend to, whether it's the earth or our homes or how we care for the people in our lives, it is deeply healing. And I think the opposite is when we ignore and neglect, that's the opposite of beauty. So 
I think anything where we can be intentional in our space, in our relationships, and even how we curate, you know, you and I learned a lot from Sarah, how we curate our food, our, you know, every aspect of our life, that that really enhances the beauty of our life. And there's a ripple effect on everyone we come across. Mm -hmm. So intentionality Mm -hmm. and being in creative flow, right? So that you're, what's a simple way that someone could bring beauty into their world? Like if they're listening to this and they're thinking, Ooh, that sounds good. What are they really talking about? And how can I start right now? Yeah. What's a really simple practice. The first one is I would say bringing flowers into your house or yeah. plants. You know, you probably, you and I are the same on this. <laughs> I have a flower addiction. <laughs> well, good for the soul. I buy them for myself all the time. Like they're just, yeah. Uplifting. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, looking at what do you not need in your home? What feels like clutter? Who might be able to use that? Being able to give it to someone else who can use it. I think simplifying can create beauty in a different way. You know, mm. so those are two easy things. I light incense or candles every morning. So that's beauty via the senses. Okay. So getting all the senses involved. Correct. <laughs> keeping, it, keeping a simple practice. Like mm-hmm. my flower ritual is like, go to the farmer's market, get local flowers right on Sunday. And yes. then I have an arranging time. Mm-hmm. And I also grow flowers in my yard. Cause I really love the whole, you know, being able to grow it, curate it, and then bring it inside yeah. and really, and then for special occasions, just taking it up a, a notch or two, mm-hmm. right. So those are easy practices that can be anchored into every week. Absolutely. Right. Okay. And then with the incense, that could be a morning practice or an evening practice. So these mm-hmm. are simple affordable. I love the idea that saying no to certain things mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. be part of curating something new. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We know that on a soul level, we have to say no to things in order to move forward, but you're talking about doing that in your environment. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, let's talk about, cause I think that your approach is really unique where you're bringing in the psychology, spirituality, the healing and the design and the space, right? The space setting. Mm -hmm. So can you take us through that Mm -hmm. idea, simplifying, like what does that look like internally and externally? Mm. So many good questions. Internally, it's, you know, what's no longer resonating for me. I've been in a um, eight week container where I'm learning about sacred commerce And it's been really beautiful. And also the divine feminine, like woven in. But um, through that, I've been learning more about human design and my type. I'm supposed to feel like a hundred percent. Yes. If I'm going to do something like a full body. Yes. And I realized that throughout my life, there'd be things that I would do that I was like, oh, I should do that. That sounds right. I should do that. And it was not a full body. Yes. And So this has been a really kind of an awakening. And I think we talked about it some in the council last summer, but how to like know what your spirit needs and then listen for that and then not do the things that really don't wake you up or enliven you. So in human design, so we're talking about the different types, Mm -hmm. a manifesting generator or a generator? Manifesting generator. Okay. And a manifesting generator needs to be behind it, right? They need to feel that this is the thing. Yes. Like a full body. Yes. And if they feel like a meh, that's a no. Okay. So that's quite 
It's big. That's quite a thing to actually put into practice in our world. Yes. It's been a process. Have you been doing that? I imperfectly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the listening, you know, to what you said, like where I feel like a lot of the feminine is like, we're listening, we're tending to ourselves, we're listening to what our soul needs. We're not rushing and pushing in the same way. Um, and there's space to go, oh, that's not working for me. Okay. You just said so many important things that I want to pause. So, so many sacred feminine things right there. Mm-hmm. Listening, mm-hmm. right? Really listening on the inside and maybe outside too, right? As points of reference, mm-hmm. making space. I know that personally for me, I, my environment needs to be a certain way for me to be a certain way. And it's, for me, it's not vice versa. So I do spend a lot of time tending my environment, Mm -hmm. which could look like, you know, over-organizing or over-cleaning or changing Mm -hmm. a lot. But for me, it's the external Mm -hmm. that deeply influences the internal more about really being able to relax and feel like my space is being held in a certain way. Right. And in that act of clearing, it's not just the material things that I'm clearing. It's the energy they hold hundred percent. Right. That's like the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, (laughs) especially like for people who are moving and it can feel really overwhelming to clear out a room or move a house. And there's a reason. And for me, the way that I understand it and the way that I work with clients on this is just like everything you're touching Mm -hmm. has a resonance and it has an energy and it's, it's there for, for being released or not. Mm -hmm. And the more that you can tend to that process, the freed up. So when our space is freed up, our inner world is freed up to receive whatever is coming. How would you talk about that? That's just my, my idea. You and I talk about it very similarly. So I think you and I are very similar on this. (laughs) So I also like my space really matters for my well-being, And it's part of my cultivation of myself is tending to my space and from the flowers to the incense or a candle to, yeah, being aware of like, if you had an argument with a family member and I'd open a window and, you know, cleanse the air in some way, um, that yes. our homes hold the energy of what we've been through. So for me, I think a big part of why I want to do this work now is we have all been through so much the last few years in every person's way is different, but our homes are holding a lot. Like yes. we have to change it mm. with intention, you know? Mm. So that's, you're bringing the, the spirit of the home in. Yes. Right. So let's, let's get a little woo. <laughs> how would you work with a client who came to you and wanted to begin to curate something new in their space like how what can you can you talk to us about I'm sure it's very individualized Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but what how do you start to talk about the home the land the process Mm -hmm. what are some of your values and philosophies that you bring so I can speak to kind of the different paths that I'm offering so far. Oh, perfect. First is the most intense. So it's the Phoenix path and it's for someone who's gone through grief or loss or massive transition. And they're like, there was a before and an after. 
of whatever the experience was. Mm-hmm. And they recognize they might've, you know, done therapy or other things, but they realized like, I want to shift and walk into a new season. And so that's the most in-depth container. And it's really mm. deep commitment to self and an investment in themselves. And so we start with I witness their story and we have different ways of holding space and creating safety in that. And then hearing what they've been through, hearing how it is held in the items in their home, just as you were saying, and then looking at, you know, are they ready to shift? Are they ready to release? And that could be for one person, it could be a week for another person. It could be months. So there's, again, it's like the divine feminine of there's no one way, (laughs) but that is the container for someone who can self-identify. I've been through something that's radically changed me and I'm ready to heal my home, heal my life, and then move forward on a new path. You know? So you listen to their story, their Mm -hmm. initiation, their before and after, right? Mm -hmm. And you're in their space. Mm -hmm. And then are you saying, here's how your home could reflect where you are ending up? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what would you be using to bring, this is so amazing, to bring it through so that their external world is resonant with where they are? So there are many steps, but I worked with someone who had been through a big transition. And so we first, before we went to the home, we first went by the river where I live and really did ceremony honoring what this person had been through and providing space to really let her witness herself and have someone who was with her. And so I think that, you know, wherever people come from spiritually, I've worked with people in pretty much all arenas. But whatever is resonant for them in terms of that, we use that as a space to really make that process sacred and honor that within them. And then after we've done that, then we go into their house and we look and say, how is it holding what you've been through? Mm -hmm. And then we go through and say, what can be cleared? First, we need to do like an actual clearing. So like clearing the space, the energy, opening the windows, doing a deep cleanse, with another person I worked with, she had a number of dear friends who came over and um, they all spoke goodness over her and Hmm. she shared the pain she'd been through and they all prayed for her. And then we walked through the house and called in a new season for her in various ways. So that's the energetic piece. Correct. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And so is there then an an external piece that's more grounded in the, the actual structure of the home. Totally. So certainly the energetic, spiritual, psychological, internal process, right? And then the next step is actually what needs to leave. So helping them because people can get really stuck in like, I'm not sure I can let that go. And I'm not as intense as Marie Kondo by any means, but like, like some modicum of joy, (laughs) you know, like what, what nourishes your family or yourself And then help them clear it. So if it's helped them set up, having someone take it away, someone they can give it to. And then the next part of the process, and again, this could be over months or weeks, depending on the person's time, but looking at like, how do they want to feel? Like what Mm. colors resonate with them? Mm. Textures resonate. What sounds resonate? Um, You know, what cultures do they resonate with? So, and then actually sourcing. It could be from other lands. I hope to travel with clients eventually, you know, but like really source, like what is, 
most resonant for their soul, as opposed to, I think what can happen sometimes in interior design is this is what is popular. And that doesn't really reflect the person's soul. This is incredible. Thanks. It's so freeing, right? Because, you know, whatever is coming from us is what is going to heal us, right? So that's what I love so much is like, this is so aligned and so intuitive. And the medicine that comes from our soul is the most potent medicine. Yeah. Right. Be it a color. I mean, I think color mm-hmm. has such a healing potential, right? And so if it's coming from you, Mm-hmm. And that's your color. And it's like, I don't know. I love hot pink. Okay. Well, <laughs> my house is all earth tones because, you know, yeah. I also love organic. So how do I, yes. how do I bridge, you know, that I love organic colors. And then there's this like hot pink, red goddess side, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, you would mm-hmm. come in and say like, oh, let's play with, you know, a yes. special piece or some fabric or go shopping and get something that would just really bring these things together. So it could be multi multi multi-layered. It sounds like. Absolutely. And even looking at like in each room of your space, how do you want to feel like, so maybe there's a space that you want to feel like most luxurious or sultry or most nurtured. So the colors will be different than a place where you want to get a lot of work done, or maybe it won't, but you know, I like it because it's coming from the person. Yeah. Deep inside versus what you think it looks good. Totally. So yeah. we're getting rid of all the conditioning. This is another play. I mean, this is deeply feminine, right? Yeah. Remembering what we like mm-hmm. and getting rid of all of the shoulds and the trends and what we think our home is supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's exciting. Okay. So the Phoenix is the whole thing. So the Phoenix path is the most in, most in-depth therapeutic okay. holistic path, the most, mm-hmm. the highest commitment. The next is the refined path. And so that's for someone who's like, I resonate with what you're doing. I don't feel like I have something to really work through, but I'm realizing, huh, my home doesn't totally feel like me. So maybe I chose the color that was in vogue at the time and it just never felt like me. So it would be working with them. But again, you know, what, what does this person or this family or this couple resonate? How do they want to feel in their home? Less so these are the trends right now. And maybe someone's into trends and we can work with that, but that's the refined path. That's a little less. So they're not in a Phoenix rising. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's working with what they have already. It can be, I love, I really like to repurpose things. So I've, um, my husband does this beautiful word working. And so we'll figure out ways to repurpose items I had from family. Um, I like to repaint if my mood changes in rooms. So I always recommend what can we use that you have? And then also what do you really want? And can you source that? And so giving them time to think about what that is. And permission. Correct. So much permission. That's so important. Like you can buy the special piece. It actually is meaningful. Yeah. That's the sacred shopping. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Totally. Okay. <laughs> so that's the kind of middle tier. Yep. And then the other two, one is clearing and blessing. So I've done this with a number of people and, 
I think it's, it's really a joy to do because a lot of people aren't cognizant of those practices. And so explaining the energetics, identifying what they want to release, leading them through a process to do that, and then really walking through and saying, what do you want to call in to your life? You know, and it's been pretty mind-blowing. Some of the things people have experienced and I'm, I'm new at that, you know? (laughs) So they might call you if things feel off or how to, how, how do you, how do clients know when to contact you for something like that? I would say if, yeah, the energy feels off or there was a, a change in a relationship, or I had a friend who moved from California here and she was starting over totally new to everything. And so we're like, what do you want to call in? This is a completely new season. What do you want for your life? Her house was empty, you know? And a year later, she was married with a baby. I mean, wow, crazy, <laughs> you know? You're starting with a blank canvas. And in that, she's speaking her prayers into the space and you're yeah. helping her bring that forward. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. And that's a standalone. Yeah. So that's a standalone. Mm-hmm. And then the final one is basically helping people with organization. So I have a dear friend who's exceptional at this. I love to go in and help people. What do you want to release? What do you want to give to people? And then she's fantastic at organizing. And so we'll be doing that together. So people who are like, my house feels cluttered or overwhelming, or I have too much stuff, you know, really helping people kind of shift their mindset that less can be better or could be helpful. I love that that is the theme. Simplify, bring in, get rid of, like really kind of pare it down. Mm -hmm. Where does that come from for you as a, as a principal? I would say I've seen people in my life who space and all the things took up a lot of time. And so, yes. and then I think I've, I've lived in a 400 square foot place up in Humboldt County during my postdoc and, and then a house that was 2,500 and, you know, like it can be any and all, but mm-hmm. for me in my life, I've realized like, I just want things that really resonate. And if I'm not using something, I want it to go to someone else. So it's, it's been a, a process I've been in personally for a few years. I love it. Can you talk a little bit of the offerings are amazing. Oh, and I have one more offering. Can I tell you? Great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the one that I'm, I cannot wait to launch and it'll be probably be fall, late fall of this year is starting to do retreats probably with women, though men are welcome as well, but going to incredible locations around the world, having a space where you're witnessed in community because I, and we've experienced how powerful that is, you know, um, sharing your story of where you are now, what you want for your life, letting yourself be really supported by that community and then setting intentions for your life going forward. So um, doing that again in that circle and then going and sourcing items. So it could be Morocco or San Miguel de Allende or a number of other places that like we are nourished and changed, I believe when we travel and when we are immersed in a new place. So that's the TBD, but I'm really excited about it. The travel is a part of this vision too, because that's where you can touch into things that might be out of your ordinary life. Yeah. So you're going through a transformational process. And then in that moment, you can go into the world and find something that represents that and bring it back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Amazing. I want to know about that. <laughs> I will tell you it's, it's in process right now. And I, I cannot wait. I'll say my probably most powerful life experiences have been traveling to other countries and the deep connections I've had with other people. And similar to what you and I experienced this summer, like the depth of being away from your normal life and being vulnerable in a circle of people. It's just, there's nothing like it, you know? So where are some of your favorite places to go? Um, Morocco, definitely. Mm-hmm. So Marrakesh is my top. I, I feel like part of my soul is from there. Okay. So that will be probably the first place I want to go. Peru, I've gone a number of times and I was able to learn from the Caros and the Andes. And that was really, really powerful. So those are probably my two like most resonant places, but anywhere being in a new culture. Yeah. So you're, you feel called to those places. There's yes. something about them that is, is moving you towards them. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Beautiful. I would love to hear a little bit about your experience of the sacred feminine mm-hmm. as you have received this vision for your work, mm-hmm. allowed yourself to be a vessel for birthing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, just a little bit of that journey. So people can understand what we're really talking about. Cause you're clearly in the flow of the sacred feminine and masculine. Actually that's in here too. Like you mm-hmm. have the structures in place, you know, how to get this business going. You have a way to bring it to the world, but there's also this kind of juicy intelligence in this, mm-hmm. you know, that is, okay. I think it's what we need to speak into a little bit. What does it mean yeah. to be in connection with the sacred feminine and to lead from that place? What does it mean to you? Mm. So many things I could say. I know, this is a huge topic. <laughs> um, so for me, I have felt at various points in my life, this like knowing. So like the gnosis of like, it feels like a gentle and sometimes not gentle nudge, uh, you know, or something that seems radical. Um, one of them was, deciding to move from California, where I was fifth generation Californian to Ohio um, in my forties. But I think for me, it's, there's, there's a sense of being, of having guidance um, mm-hmm. that feels like you're held in transition transitions. Okay. And, mm-hmm. I'm listening. <laughs> and I would say the other this last few years has been the hardest and most beautiful and most brutal of my life. And, that's um, a new word for me. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, that is Glennon Doyle. So that is not mine. Okay. I love it. <laughs> um, beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Look that up, but it's like the beautiful and the radically hard, right? Like, but I, I feel like in it, you know, when we go through seasons of like shedding or pain or loss or, or shedding of identities, there's been more openness in my spirit to listen. And I do think that's like Mm. the sacred feminine opening up in me um, or in a different way, in a deeper way. And then I think the other piece is like, as you talked about earlier, connection with the land. So just how, like I've been in a few year process of learning the rhythms of the land and the moon and, you know, hearing spirit through being out in nature in a totally different way than I always loved nature when I was growing up, but it it feels very different. So I think all of those are ways I'm experiencing the whispers of the sacred feminine, mm-hmm. certainly the nudging and not so quiet nudging of like, you're supposed to do something different. 
And if you had an opportunity to speak to a woman who was listening and Mm -hmm. felt resonance with what we're talking about, like this Mm -hmm. deeper knowing, a way to orient life and follow and be in response, Mm -hmm. right? And to be in this, I mean, the word receptivity really comes in, right? With the feminine, it's like really allowing being that vessel. What are some of the ways that you cultivate in this in your life? Mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. might be able to start with how do you make sure that's front and center in your life so again so many things and in process we need three hours <laughs> just so for- many things <laughs> but um I would say you know one is the cultivation of space so I went from when I was in the Silicon Valley I would leave at 6 a.m and get home at six or seven after an hour of commute each way or hour and a half there wasn't a whole lot of space in my life. And through COVID and then through this move, I've been super intentional with carving out, I don't know, carving is too hard, but like creating space in my life. So I have a morning reflection. Um, you know, you and I in our process with Sarah learned about sacred start, like just really having an empty space at the beginning of the day to listen and to be open. Yes. That's probably the biggest one. I think having amazing women that we get to be married by community, you know, and amazing people. I say women, but amazing people, right? Right. The masculine has a role in this. Yes. And men who are feminine, you know, like everything. Yeah. All of it. Yes. Okay. So I'm hearing people say, I don't have time for that. I have to like make money. I have to take care of a family. I have to, you know, show up for my relationship. I don't have, I can't make space. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I'm curious what kind of struggles have come up for you Mm -hmm. as you've said, actually, this is important. This is going to be the thing that I bring into my life. It sounds like first. Mm-hmm. What kind of things have come up in, in an effort to prioritize your connection with the sacred feminine through space? Cause it sounds like space for you is the recurring theme through everything. Totally. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Pisces. I can't I am. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yes. we're on a Pisces new moon. I'm feeling the Pisces. Okay. So I would say, yeah, like my tendency Growing up, I'm also Capricorn. So, you know, Capricorn rising. So, okay. Um, Those are interesting combo. And then Gemini, which is so it's a funny mix, but Gemini moon. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got um, some different threads. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, but I would say, you know, I have always been someone who's like push, go. And I think when we live in that Uber, if I'm going to call it masculine way that I think is cultivated certainly in different parts of the country or the world, right? There's a cost. So there's a cost in terms of numbing or burnout or exhaustion or physical ailments. And I certainly experienced all of those. And then um, with COVID, my husband had gone through a job transition. So we were, it was a lot of transition. And so it was both a I needed to hold a lot. And I knew that I was fairly empty, you know, Mm. energetically. And so it's been a process of going like, I need to nourish myself in a new way because it is the most important thing for like my spirit and my like 
the light within, you know? So amazing. Okay. So you just got clear. Mm -hmm. This is a priority and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it sounds like that was a pretty significant shift. It was. Yeah. And it's, you know, an imperfect shift. So work in progress. (laughs) Always. And I mean, I laugh because, you know, this is something I've been like in and cultivating in myself for the last couple of years, last few years, but like last spring, I was like, I gotta get this stuff down. Fell down a flight of stairs or broke my ankle. And it was like, you know, life was saying like, maybe you need to pause. And if you're not going to listen, we're going to give you one. (laughs) Exactly. You know, we learned from those things and I think it's a good redirect, but like coming to do the council with you in the summer was like a, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I had a broken ankle when I signed up. I literally didn't know how that was going to go, but I was like, my soul needs some things in this season. Mm. So there's a willingness mm-hmm. to really prioritize it. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like listening to you by making space, something new comes. Yes. And, and yes. there's a new seed or there's a remembering of something that was already there. Yeah. And in that spaciousness, it, it moves forward. Is that right? It becomes something that wants to manifest or take form. Mm-hmm. I believe so. And I think, you know, forget something I was writing, but like, one of the biggest lessons we learn in life is like trust and surrender, you know, or surrender and then trust. (laughs) And that's been like my journey the last few years, Hmm. but like when we let things go, trusting what will show up after and what's meant to be there, you know, even when we don't know, even when we don't know for a while. Right. So there's a faith and a trust in something. Totally. Intelligence. God, goddess, universe. Yeah, spirit. So many spirit. Yeah. So many words that we could use that we will be, we'll have the perfect unfolding no matter what is happening. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a really different mindset, I imagine. And also you're saying you can do that internally and externally. Yeah, totally. And I believe that it really does, like you were saying, how our spaces will affect our spirit. And how our spirit is will affect our space. Thus we need to cleanse, (laughs) you know? So there's that, I just see this infinity symbol. Like Mm -hmm. we're we're informing the mystery. The mystery is informing us. We're informing our space. Our space is informing us. What happens when you're living with, like in my world, you know, I mean, I'm a space holder and I do a lot to cultivate our space and I always have. And, Mm -hmm. um, my younger son keeps an altar and, you know, they, they both have, have taken some of it forward, but mm-hmm. one of the challenges is how to take care of your space when there's multiple people. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you're working or you plan to work with even couples that could be interesting. So fascinating. I like, mean, that's the Gemini part, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you see that working for a couple who's trying so- to set up space in a new way? Yeah. So I would say I've, I've kind of lived it because, um, uh, you know, my, my husband and I are are really different in so many things. We have some things that we're similar on like some, yeah, but there's a negotiation, right? Like Mm -hmm. of, of what do both people or what do all the people in the household need, right. For like 
the nourishment of their beings. So, you know, we're 10 years in, so we're, it's that process, right? Mm -hmm. So I think because I've been in that and I'm also, um, you know, from a blended or we became a blended family. So there's just a lot around, you know, what does each person in the space need when they're in, entering into a new place, right? Love that. Cause I think so much conflict can come up, at least with the couples and the families that I work with around this, right? As families take different shapes or families move or the needs yeah. of um, children change or, uh, even the parents like needing home offices, like there's so much potential conflict mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also potential to hold all needs as equal and, and find creative solutions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the part to what you asked earlier, like how would you work with a couple or a family? It's starting from the place of what do you all want to experience? So if we can have a vision then we can implement, you know, we, we don't have a family space. Yeah. You know, cause if we don't like conflict happens or reactivity or like all the stuff, you know? So you like, imagine that as like a journey of guided meditation you take them on, or is it a conversation or both? Both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with every, every couple family, every constellation will be different, but where are they now? What have they been through? How does the house home feel now? Does it need to change? So have kiddos gone to college and right? Is it, right? Like what's happening with the room? <laughs> right? And how are the, the parents feeling? Right. Oh, All the things. So gosh. really, again, creating space. And if people are interested or are wanting to, like creating ceremony or ritual around honoring the season that is closing, and then creating space for what's the next season. Right. So all of that in dialogue so that people aren't like, she's painting all the walls green and it ticks me off. A couple of things that have come up that also feel very sacred, feminine and leading are, you keep saying ceremony, Mm. right. And also seasonality, Mm -hmm. really aligning with our ceremonial nature. Yes. And also noticing this concept of seasons. Yeah coming through the way that you're describing it. So how would you define a ceremony in mm. your way of working? What, what would that be like? Yeah. Closing things out and bringing in the new, is that something that you're designing or? Yeah. So I think I will probably give more form to it over the years. Um, but I think from the people I've learned from, I mean, every culture throughout millennia have had ceremonies and rituals to honor any sort of passage, right? I think the Western culture mm-hmm. has has some growth to do in terms of that, and I think there's nicely said, lots, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay. we need moments and rituals that carry us across, right? So to ceremonies at home, I think it depends on the person. Like if someone has a particular, depending on their spiritual background or belief, what can they call in to? honor the sacred in their home to honor where they've been, what season has closed, what they want for their future, maybe creating space to grieve anything or to hold all the mixed feelings, you know? And then like, I like to use plants. I like to use essential oils. Again, whatever feels resonant for the person. I'm, I'm pretty 
fluid that way, I would say. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's really curated for them. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you're emphasizing the, you've said it in a few different ways, but the, the descent part of the process, right. That we mm-hmm. don't honor as much in our culture, right. The death yeah. process, the composting process and the grief mm-hmm. process as, yeah. as part of what needs to be tended in a home. Absolutely. Right? So I'm imagining, I'm just trying to like imagine people hearing this. So let's say I'm going through a divorce and I'm going to have the family house, right? But I, but I'm, you know, I don't have a huge budget to redo the entire house because I'm going through a divorce, but I know I need to make it mine. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. needs to become mine, not not the the house I had with a partner or the house we had as, as a certain family, right? Would that be, Absolutely. is that an example of a time somebody might contact you and say, let's. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or what are, what are some other examples? You know, someone empty nesters, um, yes. someone who's, I mean, I often, yeah, breakup or a loss of a spouse, you know, a move, like I've, I've shared with you when I moved, I experienced, even though I knew it was been massive, massive grief for two years Mm. about leaving my family and really the unrooting of of my being in a place my generation, you know, uh, a number of generations had been in. Um, So it could be a a change in career, right? Like anything where our identity is rooted in something that is changed. Mm. Really, that's one of those like markers of, okay, before and after you know? And so the ceremony and ritual part is, is curated to honor Mm -hmm. whatever the transition is. So this is really highly customized work. It's very, very Okay. And do you have a certain source or sense of guidance that is leading your business? Is there a, is there an archetype of the feminine or a resource that you feel is informing your work or many probably? Oh man, it's interesting. I think I'm, I'm in the season of learning the language for it, but one of the things that I've been studying recently, um, uh, is, is the archetypes and basically the kind of Dharma archetypes Mm -hmm. that we all have certain things that we're meant to cultivate or bring to fruition in our life. Mm -hmm. And, um, so for me, um, a few of them are, um, the mystic, the healer, the teacher. You mentioned the sacred. It sounds like this for you, the sacred is very deeply woven in everything. Like as I'm listening to Mm -hmm. you, I'm realizing it's just, it's almost a given that it's there. Like you said, the Mm -hmm. sacred in the home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's an archetype that is the hearth tender. Is it Vesta? Oh, well, Bridget in who I love. I actually, yeah. Yeah. I definitely resonate with her. So yes. (laughs) Okay. So these, these archetypes throughout time, there have been specific Mm -hmm. archetypes who have been tending the sacred in a home. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a really beautiful concept for us to be with. Like what is, Mm -hmm. what does it mean to have the sacred in your home? What does that really mean? Mm -hmm. And it sounds Absolutely. like for you, it means honoring what 
that is for each individual or family, right? Yes. Yeah. So somebody might need lots of plants mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're more attuned to nature. Somebody n- might need mm-hmm. tonkas because their their sacred mm-hmm. nature comes through the Buddhist lens. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. might need an altar to Mary Magdalene. Somebody might mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. shells that they collected on the beach, right? Yeah. Any other examples of how the sacred might show up in a home? You know, that sacred start, right? Like that that quietness at the beginning of the day, prayers at the end of the day, wishing good for the people you love with, the meta prayer, you know? I think just that awareness of like, this all matters. <laughs> you know, I think that's like the heart of it to me is like the people where we, we're with matter, like, the fact that we're here is a miracle, <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. something, whatever we want to call it is bigger than us. <laughs> I'm having this image of home as a temple. Yeah. Really. What would it feel like if we approached our home as a temple space mm-hmm. with reverence and devotion and honor and fun and all, you know, it doesn't have to be super serious all the time. Right. But just absolutely. The, it feels like the devotional aspect to self and space. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I feel like that was a really powerful learning for me this last summer. And yeah, I think, you know, in the, in the lineage I grew up in, like our body is the temple, right. And looking at like anything that we can connect with can be that where we honor, you know, God's spirit source, Mm. you know, or, or not. And then what are the ramifications, you know? So beautiful. Mm, I love it. It sounds like you're going to help people also maintain it. Having yes. things at the beginning of the day, like how do you stay connected to cultivating that space too? So I think that's the other piece that was has been the big, for me, transition from my work as a psychologist to what I want to do is I would spend an hour a week or an hour every two weeks with someone. And then they go home for like, how many is that? 160 plus hours a week. Mm -hmm. And, and the opportunity to do more intentional and um, a different type of depth work in someone's home and then help them realize how radically that can shift the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. That feels powerful in a, in a really different way. That feels really resonant for me in part because I've gone through it. And I can, I know the, how much it can help in, in hard seasons. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that there could be a continuity between Mm. the work that you're doing in session. You know, I really feel like this when I, especially when I'm working with teens or kids, it's like you do this work and then they're in their environment. So unless exactly environment and the parenting around it, the work, it doesn't take root. Right. Exactly. Even if there's, I mean, some kids can do it against the most unbelievable circumstances. So what you're talking about is this whole continuum where Mm -hmm. the environment becomes the nurturing aspect of transformation. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's radical. (laughs) Well, think about, so what came to mind just right then was I keep referencing it, but the power for me in the circle I was in with you over the summer Mm -hmm. and just feeling mirrored and seen and held, you know, in all the things. Um, And like, if we can bring that level of an intention and attention to ourselves at home, Mm. like, can you imagine like 
how radically really different our lives would be. Mm, the medicine of connection. That's really what we're talking about, right? Yeah, totally. We don't heal alone. That's for sure. <laughs> we don't heal alone. Let's let's just pause there because I think that just that deserves some space. Yeah. Especially for you and I who've worked in this model of, you know, the person is engaged in the healing. And what you're what you're pointing to is this, you know, you're using environment, community, mm-hmm. earth, right? That we're mm-hmm. we're we're interconnected. Part of the repair that we need at this time and what the sacred feminine offers is a holistic solution where mm-hmm. we can make connectivity. And that's what that's I'm here for too. <laughs> it's like that's what we're here for, right? This is this is yeah. and we all have yeah. our reclaiming. reclaiming and also doing it in our own way, right? In a way that really honors our gifts and our yes. soul and our type and our astrology, right? That is all the sacred feminine. It's mm-hmm. holistic mm-hmm. and it's like deeply honoring of yeah. the thread that you weave is very similar to the thread mm-hmm. I weave, but with its own beautiful expression. Right. And there's nothing more sacred than that, in my opinion. So I really honor the work you're doing. I'm so excited. Thank you. Can you share with people how to find you if they're interested in any of these programs or? Yes. Um, So my website is up and active. It's Michelle Spolstra. And this is going to be tricky. So hopefully it's in the show notes, but um, SP. O-E-L-S-T-R-A.com. And that has all the offerings and it's going to have updated information as the retreats roll out. And then um, I'm Michelle Spolstra Design on Instagram. And my information, contact information is on the website, easy to find. But yeah, I, I really, I felt like I felt very called to do this. And I feel like I'm putting it out there and trusting that the people who need it will find me. So that's feminine, right? <laughs> that's, that's the sacred feminine leadership model right there. <laughs> All right. Lots Thank of trust. You so, so much. It's been mm. really lovely to chat. Ancient voices spill the secrets. That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. So much love to you. Broken heart.